0: Thank you for joining us on EASY's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. We have spent quite a lot of time in the last couple of months talking about the census and talking about voting and the elections. And there are other things that are just as relevant. For example, our drinking water. And I am very happy to welcome from Miami-Dade County Water and Sewer Department the Media and Public Relations Officer, Jennifer Messimer. Jennifer, hello.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: I'm so happy to talk to you. It's been quite a while. And I know that Miami-Dade County takes so much pride in having the best drinking water that you don't need filters. You can drink right out of the tap But you've got a couple of like some temporary changes that you're going to be going through with the way that uh, you're getting the water from the aquifer, uh, doing things a little bit different. Can you tell me about it?
1: Sure. You're correct. Our water source mainly comes from the Biscayne Aquifer, which is a very pristine water source. So on that point, we're very lucky. But right now, I want to kind of like describe it as some spring cleaning. I mean, we may be in November, but it's still spring cleaning for the purposes of our pipes, right? So we normally use a specific type of chlorine in our pipes 50 weeks of the year. Now, this two-week period that starts today, Sunday, November 8th, through november 21st we're changing the chlorine uh, just so that it helps with our ongoing mission of delivering safe reliable drinking water and as a result some people with some discerning noses or uh, discerning palates may notice a little bit more of a more uh, pronounced chlorine smell or taste it's completely normal it's just because if you're used to something 50 weeks of the year you're going to notice something when it's a little bit different right? right so it has nothing to do with the water quality you're just not used to it so your sniffer is picking up on it or you're tasting it when you drink the water, but there's absolutely zero to do and no adverse issues with using this water during this two-week period. Uh, I would just say that this temporary condition, just make note that if you are a dialysis patient or you own tropical fish or you're a manager of a restaurant or a store that has fish holding tanks that you're encouraged to seek professional advice as to how you deal with the fish in your tanks, or if you're a dialysis patient, reach out to your medical professional or where you receive the dialysis at, and they've already been contacted and they're well-informed about what needs to be done with you receiving your treatments during this time period.
0: So for the average person, there's no need to boil the water to be able to drink it. (sighs)
1: Absolutely correct. You don't have to use bottled water. You don't have to boil it. It's perfectly fine to fill up the bowl for your dog or cat to drink from. It's literally just a temporary fragrance or taste variation on what you're used to.
0: Okay. Are there other changes that we might notice when we're, you know, turning on a faucet or looking at the water?
1: That's a great question. So what's going to be happening is that in conjunction with uh, changing the chlorination, our crews are going to be flushing the lines to make sure that this change in chlorination makes it through our more than 8,000 miles of water pipes throughout our system in Miami-Dade County. So as a result, when they flush the lines, we have what's called you know calcium carbonate within the water. That's there all the time. Basically, it's the equivalent of tums that you take as an antacid uh, that's we have that in our pipes because that's part of the lime softening process of our water from our treatment plants so it usually settles at the bottom just like your tums you like drop them in and they fizz up and then uh they you know or the alka-selsa tablets and they fill you know they fall to the bottom of the cup and that's where you know the granular kind of sits at the end uh same thing in our pipes and when we are flushing the lines you know, we're putting extra pressure through the water through the pipes and that kind of kicks up the sediment in the bottom of the pipes. So if you haven't used your sleeping during the night, you go to wake up and first thing in the morning, you put on the water faucet or you go to take a shower and you might notice that your water initially is cloudy or chalky. Again, it's a temporary cosmetic change. We just ask you to go ahead and let the faucet run for three to five minutes until the water runs clear because when the sediment gets kicked up, but you're not turning the faucets on because you're sleeping all night. It just sits there in the water. And then that's what causes it, you know, as it's trying to settle, it has that cloudy appearance. But by running the faucet, you're running water through the system and it's causing it to move and that movement is going to help dissipate the cloudiness. So again, it's just a temporary cosmetic change. Let the water run and you're good to go. And just to let you know that our department on an annual basis, we have biologists, we have chemists within our laboratory staff and our staff samples and tests our drinking water from basically soup to nuts, meaning from the time we pull it up from the Biscayne Aqua throughout the purification and treatment process at the plant. And even uh, we'll go out to different locations at our pipes throughout Miami-Dade County and our distribution system and collect samples while it's already still in the pipes. And we sample test it in excess of 150,000 times a year. And all of our drinking water meets or exceeds all local, state, and federal guidelines.
0: How do you have time to test it 150,000 times when there's only 365 days in a year?
1: Well, I'll tell you, that's a great question. And we have a great staff. They go out there, they take a bunch of different samples. Uh, like I said, they do it at our three treatment plants, uh, different times of the day, multiple times throughout the day. And it's, it's a very precise Process that our folks undertake, and they do a yeoman's job. I mean, we're very fortunate for the great dedication that our lab staff has, and uh, to make sure that our 2.3 million customers are well served with uh, safe drinking water.
0: And credit also with your communication system and how buttoned down everything is. You know, like you knew this was coming, and you have reached out to everyone you need to reach out to to make sure that they know what they're doing and everything runs properly for just two weeks out of the year. I've asked this of everyone I've spoken to since March. Has the COVID-19 state of emergency had any kind of impact on your department?
1: Well, just we're all human, right? And the fact is we have to make sure that our crew members, our staff, you know our customers, are, their safety and their health is paramount. That's why one of the reasons you know we have been in the field and uh, we have not stopped our service because if anything, we all know what has been one of the biggest things that health professionals have been telling us and how we can remain safe. You know from getting the virus and that's washing your hands, right? right, right. And having access to clean drinking water. So our folks have been out there, our crews have been out there. 24-7, 365, pandemic or not, you know, I, I kind of uh, made a, you know, I told somebody, it was kind of like a play off the, uh, the, the mission statement of the post office, United States post office, Light. where it's neither rain nor sleet nor snow, you know, they'll get their the mail delivered. Well, same thing with the water and sewer department, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a hurricane or a pandemic or, you know, god awful heat in, in this Miami weather, but, you know, we're out there making sure that our 2.3 million customers have safe drinking water, especially now when it's so important to have access to reliable drinking water, as well as uh, rem- you know, removal of our wastewater services. So uh, taking that the consideration, we've been out there, we continue to be out there. And one of the biggest things that we're asking our customers is that they partner with us to make sure, especially now during the pandemic, that uh, we keep our system operating at as much of an optimal uh, system as possible. And what do I mean by that? Uh, on a On a a monthly basis, pre-COVID, one of the biggest challenges we've had is that we've had a You know, three. Our staff has to remove three hundred tons a month, not a year, and that's that's a big number if you were to think about it for a year. But it's three hundred tons of uh, wet wipes and other unflushable items being flushed into our system. So it's wipes, paper towels, you know, uh, even Kleenex, Q-tips, cotton balls. Uh. Uh, You know, I won't even I won't even get into some of the other strange things that I've I've seen with my own eyes at some of our pump stations that people flush and it makes it through the system, um, you know, and gets into our pump station. And what happens is that if it it goes to the pipe, it can literally clog a pipe. Then you have a sewer main break If that nobody wants to have the streets full of sewage, especially now with COVID. Uh, You know, they certainly don't want a sewer main break making its way into open surface water like Biscayne Bay or something like that. But if it actually happens that a line gets clogged and it clogs up in your personal line before it makes it to the county middle of the street line. And it clogs up, and you have a sewer back up into your home. Well, guess uh, what? That's your that's your financial obligation as the homeowner. But going back to these unflushable items, um, like 300 tons a month, will give you perspective. And I and I spoke with the zoo's Ron McGill to make sure that my math and my comparison was right on target. But 300 tons is the equivalent of uh, imagining 50 male African elephants marching out from a water uh, sewer pipe oh every God. month. So that's we're insane. removing 50 elephants. Yes, and you know obviously doing all this work that's reactive work or instead of us going and enhancing our system this is us trying to prevent things from breaking because of external influence so this is costing the department and on an annual basis an additional 3.4 million dollars and obviously that cost has to be you know a burden somewhere and it gets passed on back to the customer so if you want to maintain as low a water and sewer utility bill as possible one of the biggest things you can do is just change some of your habits your toilet is not a trash can. The only things that should be going down the toilet is toilet paper and then number one and number two. That's it. Nothing else should be going down the toilet. It should be going in the garbage can. And now our our staff is finding that on top of all these other items that we're used to seeing, that we wish we didn't, but we're used to at least seeing it, now we're finding that people are flushing their masks down the toilet Mm. and their gloves down the toilet. So, you know, that's the last thing we need is to have all this additional burden with the PPEs finding their way down into our sewer system. Uh,
0: I, I wonder how much of that is initially when people started wearing masks and gloves, Gloves. They were just throwing them on the ground,
1: and that's yeah, that's horrible too. Because uh, eventually, with rain and how things happen, the masks and the gloves—what happens if with rain and whatnot? Where do they eventually find their way? Well, they eventually the find sewer. their way into the storm drain. Well, not, right, no, the sewer, the storm, the storm drain. Right, and, and the storm—the storm drains are different from the wastewater drains. So the storm drains—where do they empty out in? They empty out in canal systems that eventually lead out to the Biscayne oh. Bay in most, in some cases. So then you're going to end up having marine life choking or potentially getting sick because they see a plastic glove or something like that, think it's a jellyfish you right. know, or whatnot. With the wipes,
0: we are kind of sold on the idea that they're flushable. That's what the packaging says on a lot of wipes. So you're saying ignore that. That's not really true.
1: Well, I'm not going to speculate on the materials or comment on the specific materials on any particular brand of wipes. But what I can tell you as speaking on behalf of this particular utility, the Miami Water and Sewer Department, we are asking you to not flush anything into the toilet that isn't toilet paper because toilet paper will break down. And just from the time you flush your toilet to the time it actually gets to one of our treatment plants, you know, we're finding that, I guess, they have some kind of formula, these companies, and they say that it should break down X amount of time. You know, we're just saying that we are getting a whole lot of material that's making it to our solids, that are making it to our plants that mm. are not breaking down. So we're asking to be safe, not sorry, and just take the step to throw it into the garbage can yeah, exactly. and then take it out.
0: Mm-hmm. And the same thing with masks and gloves. I, I can see where people may think they're being more hygienic. But the fact is, if you take it off and put it in the garbage and then... When the garbage is going to go out, it's all wrapped up and you're tying it up and putting it Uh in a garbage can to put outside. You're not going to be touching it again, so that should not be a hygiene issue.
1: When in doubt, get some soap and go and wash your hands for the 20 seconds, and uh, then you're able to make sure that uh, you've gotten any particular loose germs off of your hands. Which you should be
0: doing anyway, you know, if you've been in a situation and you've been out of the house and you've needed to wear a mask and gloves and you're not using a reusable, you're using the throwaway, yes, throw it in the garbage. And the first thing you do is you wash your hands, you wash your face, and frankly, take a whole shower just to be sure. You don't want to take any chances. So, okay, we've got that down. Now, what are some other things that we can do? I know that those aren't the only issues that you have, you know, 50 elephants coming out every month. There are some other things that can block up our disposals and our pipes. And I know you've got some suggestions for that.
1: Definitely. And you know, we're in the process, we're about halfway through of 15 to 20 year capital improvement program in the Miami Dade Water and Sewer Department. It's the largest CIP program in Miami Dade County history. It's a multi-billion with a B multi-billion dollar program. And we're upgrading and replacing hundreds of miles of both water pipes and sewer pipes. We're upgrading our water treatment plants, our sewer treatment plans, pump stations. We're hardening our infrastructure so that it's able to mitigate any potential loss of service during a, uh, you know, an intense weather event or a hurricane. So, you know, one of the things that we're asking people is that, you know, kind of like when you buy a new car, you do everything you can do to make sure that, you know, it's nice and shiny and you take care of it. You have that maintenance, you get that oil change. Well, we're asking for folks to partner with us so that our investment, you know, when I say our, it's yours as the customer because you're investing in this by virtue of paying your water and uh, sewer bill. You know, keep our infrastructure as uh, shiny new as possible, if you will, right? So, one of the things that you can do is to can the grease. Grease is a big problem uh, that we're finding in our department sewer pipes. You know, and if you want to stand on your, on your plumber's nice list this year, you know, we recommend that you can the grease after cooking with oil because out of sight is not out of mind. You know, if you've ever seen how hot oil, if you haven't done something with it immediately and it cools while well, it's in your skillet on the stovetop, and it solidifies, and gets gunky. Well, the same thing happens if you put hot oil down the drain. It will eventually cool down and solidify again. And if it solidifies in your personal lines under your house and it causes a backup, then again, you, you would have, end up finding sewage coming back into your dishwasher, your sink, your tub, and you know then you're going to have to get a plumber to come out. And with COVID-19 and wanting to limit interaction with people, right. you know, a, it's an expense you don't want to take on at this time. But you know, b, you know, do you really want to have to have you know someone that's not a part of your family come into the house, which you will if you have a backup into your house with wastewater, and also with the holidays we're asking you if you're going to, you know, even if you're not going to be having a a large family gathering, but you're still going to make your your grandma's favorite dish, or you're going to still be making that holiday dish that, you know, that's an annual tradition. We're asking also, in addition to not putting uh, oil down or grease down the drain, and we're asking you not to put any of the the food byproducts, the leftover peels, the eggshells, any of these things, uh, you know, down your down your drain. Even if you have a garbage disposal and people are telling, you, well, I have a garbage a garbage disposal. That's yeah. fine. No, no, it's not. I mean, we're actually, I mean, in spite of even if you have it, we're still telling you, go ahead and throw that in the garbage as well. Uh when you go to put your dishes in the dishwasher, make sure you scrape all the excess food and put that in the garbage and also not down the sink, not the disposal either. Mm-hmm. Because it may clear your sink and it may clear your pipe, but then if other people are pouring grease down their drains and it's solidifying, now you're putting down, mm-hmm. you know, apple peels and you're putting on coffee grounds, you're putting down all, all of these, the eggshells, and it just ends up being more and more debris. And this is where the what happens to wipes also. Wipes are going down the sewer pipe, all these food products are going down the sink. It's getting stuck to the grease. And we call them fat burbs, right? So you end up having like these growths of like um, it almost looks like if you're in a cave, you see stalagmites hanging from the top of a cave. Well, it's the same thing. You end up having like this, just these growths of like, you know, coagulated just solidified grease hanging from the tops and the sides of our pipes. And then when other items come down it, it's sticky, and then it's like almost like glue, and all these other items, wipes and food products stuck to it. So you could have like a 40 or 50 inch in diameter sewer pipe, and you could end up only having two, three, four, five inches of usable space where, you know, that the fluid is able to go through. And I like to kind of describe it like, your heart, right? Your valves. And if you eat a fatty diet, and what happens? Your arteries get clogged up and blood can't get through the arteries, right? So then what happens? You have a heart attack. The same thing with our pipes. The more fatty and improper things that are going into our sewer pipes, they're going to get clogged up. And ultimately, what ends up with the clogged up pipe is that put the pressure builds up and we end up having a sewer main break. And nobody wants that. So we're asking you to throw all the food scraps and leftovers in the garbage. When
0: you're cleaning your plates, if you've had a meal that had some fat in it. I know you're you're gonna dispose of any leftovers in the garbage, but should you also wipe that plate to try and get rid of any of the grease that's on the plate before you wash it?
1: Oh I definitely do. So it's cool first you get as much of as you can uh into the container of however you're disposing it, the you know the, the liquid like you know the loose liquid. And then I'll take a paper towel. And then I'll do a wipe through and whatever little granules, like, if you know, frying chicken or, you know, cutlets or things like that with the breadcrumbs. You still have like the residue in the bottom of the the skillet. Yeah, I definitely do. I take a a paper towel and I still wipe it. I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but every little bit helps, right? So that's just, even if that's just one wipe through, one extra wipe through with a paper towel, it's just those extra molecules of grease and and food products that aren't making it down the sink. So every little bit helps.
0: Yeah. If it gives you a visual, I remember last... Last year, there was a story, and I think it happened twice in London, where they had these uh, blobs, like five-ton blobs mm-hmm. of fat and grease that were just coming up out of the pipes because there was nowhere for them to go. <laughs> and right. It's like a horror movie. So, yeah, okay, and we definitely do not want that. Uh With all the rain we've had, I mean, this has been another, like, thank goodness we haven't been hit by any major hurricanes. Um, This weekend, again, we're dealing with rain from Ada. But with all the rain recently, how has that affected the watering and irrigation rules? I'm sure there are people who think, oh, great, it's raining. I don't have to, you know, choose my days or my times anymore.
1: Right, and that's not the case. Uh, we only just recently relaxed some of our the hours now. 100 percent, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Miami-Dade County is under year-round permanent water restrictions, but we actually had more stringent watering window because we were at an extreme drought right when, you know, that coincided with the beginning of the pandemic. So April, May, June, we were definitely at um, our lower than normal, you know, water levels. So we ended up the South Florida Water Management District actually had us expand the window of when we could not water. Uh, but we've been able to rescind that. We've relaxed that and gone back to our normal water restrictions, which is twice a week, and you can water either before 10 a.m. on your days or after 4 p.m. So if you live in an odd numbered home in Miami Dade County, you're allowed to water on Wednesdays and Saturdays, like I said, before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. And if you live in an even numbered home address, that you're allowed to water on Thursdays and Sundays before 10 and after 4. So you would only want to choose one of those two watering windows, either in the morning or the evening. It's definitely not necessary to water your lawn twice a day. It's you know it's wasteful, and it can actually be detrimental to your landscape because depending on what the landscape and what you have in your yard, sometimes too much water is just as bad as not enough water. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that you know what your days are and uh, don't overwater because take advantage of Mother Nature watering your lawns for you because uh, the less you water your, you know, actually the outside portion of water consumption at each person's home, you know, that's the largest portion of your water bill is that when you're using that water to irrigate your lawn, that's where a majority of people's bill ends up coming from because there's a lot of opportunities for you to minimize water usage in the home and there are outside as well. But, you know, that's why they're saying if you're most, um, conservative with how you use your water outside. That'll be one of the easiest ways for you to keep a handle on water consumption overall for, at your home.
0: Okay. I mean, think how many times have you driven by a home and seen the sprinkler on while it's raining?
1: Yes, that's <laughs> definitely that's definitely happened. And, and there's actually some great things that uh, you can do. There are some Sprinklers, there's sensors that uh, you can actually put in your grass that for a couple of different things. If if it determines that it's raining and it happens to be raining when you have your sprinklers set for your specific day and your water window, if and it goes off automatically, there are sprinkler sensors that you can install that if it realizes that it's raining and your sprinklers are going on, it will shut your sprinklers off. And there's also uh, sensors that you can put in your lawn or in the soil that if it uh, is determined that your soil because maybe it has been raining a lot lately, uh, but again, you have your sprinklers set to go off on certain days and certain times. There's sensors that you can get that will set that will determine that your soil is saturated and hydrated enough, and it will prevent your sprinklers from operating because you don't need to waste the water and overwater because your lawn, you know, is irrigated properly.
0: That sounds like a really worthwhile investment for saving energy. And I know you have all kinds of recommendations for how to not only save water, but to save on your energy bill. And there are always different kinds of rebates that are coming up when you invest in energy-efficient or water-efficient improvements in your home. What's the latest that you have going on?
1: Well, actually, what I was just mentioning about those different sensors, that's probably one of the best ways that you can uh, help, again, with uh, saving water and saving money on your water bills for purposes of outside landscape irrigation. Uh, We have many rebates that, uh, you know, will help you do that. And we have irrigation rebates where you can go to our website, miamiday.gov slash water, and you can request that staff come out and do uh, a evaluation of your lawn, your landscaping, and they will give you recommendations. And you know, you look at the list. You don't have to do all of them at, in a specific time. You don't have to do all of them at all. But if you do uh, take note of what they recommend, and like I was saying, the sensors to determine if your uh, landscape is hydrated enough, uh, automatic sprinklers that will shut off if it's raining. Those are some of the examples, right? Okay. Uh, so if you actually implement Recommendations of the uh, evaluation, you can actually get up to five hundred dollars in rebates every year for five years. So if you were to do, if you were to take advantage of all those recommendations, you would end up saving about twenty five hundred dollars and well earning twenty five hundred dollars in rebates. And then you'd also be realizing a lot of savings on your water bill because of all of these measures that you implemented. You'd be using less water, using less water in turn has your uh, utility bill going down. And then if there's large property owners, they can. Actually, get a rebate of up to two thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars per property, and then not only do we have savings for the outside, but we have savings for inside. You can take any of your old shower heads, if they were installed, you know, from the nineties, and they're old, inefficient shower heads, uh, to our any one of our offices and we will give you a brand new shower head for free and it uh, only uses 1.5 gallons of water per minute the old shower heads could use anywhere from 5 to 8 gallons of water per minute so you just do the math how long do you normally take a shower for i mean if you take a 15 to 20 minute shower and you have an old shower head that uses 8 gallons of water you could be using 160 gallons of water per uh, shower wow. you know so uh. Now if you decide that you want to get a specific shower head to match your decor, uh, that's fine too. Uh, different strokes different folks. You provide us the receipt for the high efficiency shower head that you installed and we will send you a rebate of up to $25 toward the cost of what you, you know, paid for for the other shower head. And then we also have rebates for toilets if you install a low flow, high efficiency toilet, then we will give you a rebate of up to $50 per toilet, maximum of two toilets per home. And again, each flush, depending on the old toilets that you have in your house, each flush can be anywhere from like eight to ten gallons per flush. And think of how many times you're flushed in the toilet per person in the house and then times that per day. And that's a lot of water literally getting flushed down the toilet, but I'm bum. So when you get the um when you get the new toilets, you know, I think those toilets also go anywhere from 1.3 to 1.5 gallons per flush. So when you do the comparison, you're going to be saving a lot of water, which in turn adds up to, you know, water being saved on your water bill as well. And then probably one of the biggest things that I would recommend to folks is uh, to look for leaks around the home. And what I mean by that is that you inevitably you're falling asleep and all of a sudden you you know they hear the drip 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 from the faucet in the bathroom Mm -hmm. or you hear the toilet running and inevitably you do that whole like jiggle the toilet handle whatnot well a lot of people don't realize that little leaks can cost a lot if you were to look at the the tip of your pencil eraser that's about an eighth of an inch if you had a water leak the size of an eighth of an inch in your uh, in your toilet bowl, like in your, in your pipes or any of your pipes underground, in three months, which that's a typical residential billing cycle for a customer, you will have wasted 1.1 million gallons of oh water in a three-month period. That's the equivalent of water needed to fill in a standard residential in-ground pool about 75 times. Empty it, fill it, empty it, fill it, a million point one gallons. And that would give you a bill of approximately about $15,000. So, you know, I, I'm going to give you a great tip on how to save potentially $15,000. Uh, you know, get some food coloring and you go to your toilet tank and take off the top of the tank and you put in about 10 to 15 drops of the food coloring, cover the tank back up, don't flush it, leave it alone, and then come back in 10 to 15 minutes. And if the food coloring has gone from the tank to the toilet bowl and uh, you didn't flush the toilet, yes. that means you have a leak or the. Uh, the seal in the your flap, toilet tank is right. not see the flapper right, right. is not uh, is not sealing properly because the only time you should have water leave the tank to go into the bowl is when you actually are flushing it. So do that little food coloring trick. I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of holiday baking soon, so most people will have some food coloring in the house. I know some folks actually will use like a glass of wine and do the same thing, but I just think that's alcohol abuse. <laughs> so uh, that's being very wasteful. So, um, but anything that shows color, right? <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, definitely tr- check around the house. So, you know, Santa's going to be checking his list for naughty and nice. You know, I want <laughs> you to check your list for leaks. Because, I was, I, I've you know, always yeah. been
0: able to catch it from my bill because I can see immediately if a bill has gone up 30 or $40 in a month and I know I haven't used any more water, that means one of the toilets is running constantly mm-hmm. And sure Mm -hmm. enough, I'll track it down and I can hear it and see it. And I'll just change the flapper myself. You know, it's five bucks and it's so easy to do, you know, get in the habit of changing it regularly and you generally won't have to worry about it unless you have a fancy toilet and you need a plumber. Yeah, I mean, these are such great tips and especially with people I know. People are going to want to indulge a little bit more this year in particular because of the holidays, spend a little more on gifts, have a little more fun, and, you know, saving money in all of these different ways, it adds up to a really nice Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or, you know, Hanukkah gifts, whatever it is you're celebrating, it gives you that much more spare cash, Or, you know, God forbid, if you're out of work to just to pay the bills, every little bit helps. So these are so useful. And also, we don't ever want to see that five ton blob.
1: (laughs) No, not at all.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So are all these tips, all of this information is available on your website?
1: MiamiDade.gov slash water, 100%.
0: Okay. And social media, you keep things up to date with that
1: too? Oh, yes. That's me. So uh, if we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and the handles are for Facebook is Miami Dade Water, and same thing as at Miami Dade Water on Twitter and on Instagram. So please follow us. And yeah, we definitely are, you know, routinely giving out uh, tips, uh, you know, how to save water, how to save money, and kind of like, did you know? It's like, you wouldn't realize that how much water does really impact your life. Uh, You know, from that first cup of coffee, if it, you know, if you didn't have water, you wouldn't have coffee, Mm -hmm. uh, to the clothes you put on, you know, to the fact that, you know, you can't brush your teeth, all these things all uh, come back to water. So it's very vital that, you know, we in Miami-Dade County are so lucky that we're able to have access to such a safe, reliable drinking water. And it's really something that we shouldn't uh, take for granted.
0: And again, kudos to your department. Um, Thank you so much for all of the updates and for, you know, taking the time to care about your 2.3 million customers. They may not know how much you do care, but I am sure at the end of the day, they appreciate when they can turn on the faucet and have fabulous drinking water without having to put in a filter or buy bottled water. Um, You know, we're very fortunate. So Jennifer Messimer, Media and Public Relations Officer for Miami-Dade County Water and Sewer Department. Thank you for making the topic of water and sewer so entertaining. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, my pleasure.
0: And thank you for joining us this morning for Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for a new segment of Easy's Community Focus. Thanks for listening and have a great day.